What's going on everybody and welcome back to the podcast. This episode we're going to talk about what has been going on, what has kept me away and what I'm going to do to make sure it doesn't happen again. Let's get it. So as mentioned on other episodes, most of y'all should be knowing if you are listening and you're keeping up with it is that I am currently not at home. I am overseas fighting the great fight, fighting for your freedom. As I like to say, you are welcome. While being out here, part of my duties are to advise commanders and to talk to them and they're spread all over Iraq and Syria. And if you're familiar with what's going on in Iraq and Syria, you will know that it's been kind of hectic in the last couple of weeks. A little part of me did think about taking my equipment with me and continuing to try to do the podcast, but based on the situation, I felt that it was more important to stay focused on the mission in hand, right? I always try to make sure that I put what I'm doing as a priority. I love doing this, don't get me wrong. I definitely do, but there's bigger fish to fry right now. And if I skip a couple of weeks, it shouldn't be the end of the world. But if I don't pay attention to here, it might be the end of my world. So that's why I've kind of taken a little bit of a pause, a little bit of a hiatus on recording. I finally just made it back to where I originally stay at. And I was able to get my stuff together, got a little bit of privacy, asked my roommate to take off for a little bit and get this episode out there. So I want to start off with some of my observations. Now, this is not my first time being deployed. As a matter of fact, it's my fifth. And I've noticed a lot of things, surprisingly and disappointingly, have not changed. I think about it. My first deployment was over a decade ago. And now a decade later, I am back. And some of the observations that I've seen while going through these different outstations, I noticed that a lot of these soldiers are still living like shit, and that's not okay. And what I mean that they're living like shit, they're still living in very harsh conditions. I really assumed that this being 2023 and this being, you know, Iraq and Syria, places that we have been in for over 20 years, I would assume that they would at least have some better form of sustainability. And unfortunately, that's not the case in everywhere you go. I know a long time ago, I saw a meme that had a picture of people eating and living really good. And then had a picture of people sleeping on the floor in the concrete full of dust and dirty. And it said, deployment experiences may vary. And that's definitely the case out here. That is still going on today. Which to me, it begs the question, like, what are we really doing and why are we doing it? One thing that used to be taught a lot when I was coming up through the ranks is you always want to improve your foxhole. Wherever you're at, you always want to make it better. And one thing that disappointed me from some of the commands that I visited, that that's not even a thought. Now, do I understand that the threat is high right now? Of course, 100%. But being being that the threat is high, you ain't going to benefit by living like shit and being attacked all the time. You're not winning any single battles at that point. You're just living like shit on your time off 
And now, and when it's time for game time, you feel you're not performing your best and you feel like shit because you're living like garbage. And right now, there's a very controversial statement said by the Sergeant Major of the Army, the new Sergeant Major of the Army, where he states and talks about that a lot of the harsh conditions that we live in is actually due to lack of standards and discipline. A lot of people are disagreeing with that. And to a point, I do too. But at the same time, being out here, I do see exactly what he's talking about. We need to have the discipline in ourselves to clean up after ourselves. We need to have the discipline in ourselves to be able to look at something that's messed up, look at something that's wrong, and not just walk past it and say, well, it's not my job. Yeah, somebody else's job to clean up or somebody else's job to pick up this trash or whatever, which that is the wrong answer on all levels, whether you're at the top or at the bottom, that is the wrong answer. So some of these conditions are being created by our own people, by ourselves, which is not okay. Now, that's not taking away from the responsibility on the people that brought us here to make sure that we're properly equipped and that we're properly able to maintain and sustain ourselves and have a good or decent living environment. That is not in any way, shape, or form taking away the responsibility from that. But I do have to be open about it and say that I do see a lot of mistakes that we are doing to ourselves. I do see that. Now, I'm going to go from each place and kind of talk a little bit about the differences. So on the first place, it wasn't too too bad, but it was a, vi- a big divide between who was where. So if you were part of the special people group, you were on one corner. If you were part of the regular typical military people, you were in the other corner and they never talked to each other. They did not work with each other. They did not acknowledge each other, which is pretty sad. One thing that I did have noticed through my careers in the army, for some reason, we don't like each other. We really do not like each other. We barely acknowledge each other. Hell, when's the last time you give or somebody gave you the greeting of the day? It doesn't really happen anymore. That, that's something that I have realized that's kind of messed up. And the first time that I realized is when I actually went to the Air Force Senior School, I think it's called the Senior NCOEA School. It's like their version of their Master Leader course or E8 school. When I went there, I noticed they all talked to each other. Even though they never met each other, they all talked to each other, they all introduced each other, they all welcomed each other. And also, when they had us from other branches come in, I noticed the Navy people all talked, the Air Force people, no, not the Air Force, I'm sorry, we we're already at the Air Force School. The Marines got to know each other. The Coast Guard talked to each other. The Navy talked to each other, if I didn't say that already. And there was like five of us for Army. We we barely even looked at each other. Maybe a head knot. Maybe a head knot. And did not, did not converse with each other, which, yes, if, I, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. So, yes, I am part of that problem. Me, personally, I don't like to talk to people. I don't like to first like meet people and stuff. I, I, I'm a talker once I get to know them, but like I, I don't like to talk to people. I don't like to really say things in a large setting and large groups unless I'm the one that's briefing or presenting or something. So that's my excuse. Not saying it's a good one. I'm just saying that is mine. But I did notice that in um, I did notice that they don't really acknowledge each other. We we in the army we're really horrible at that. And that's just also from being around it so much. We You walk down and, and you see that nobody says hi. Nobody says what's up. Nobody acknowledges anybody if you're the same service, which is crazy. But the other services are very good with, with networking together. And I think that's something that we can definitely 
or that we need to definitely improve on. In the first place that I visited, that was kind of the thing that stood out for me was that they did not work with each other and they're still counterparts. You know, one's doing one thing, the other's doing the other thing. But obviously, if they weren't needed, they wouldn't be there, right? So they should be communicating a lot better. And and they really weren't. It was like clear divide. You would swear it was like the long time ago when people were segregated in the United States. Like you would swear it was something like that. They really did not talk and really did not want to talk to each other. Now, lucky for me, I did not belong to any of the commands. So I got along with both groups. And realistically, they kind of had to like me based on my job. But that's another conversation. But no, I did. I did talk to them and talk to everybody well, and I tried to bridge the gap between the two. But it just seemed like that's just the way that they prefer it, and that's how they're gonna do it. I said, "All right, you know, I can't make you drink by taking you to the water, right? Something like that." That's what they say. Now, moving on to the next place that I visited, that place, I mean. Like, I might as well be drinking bleach because that was a very, very toxic working environment. And it all started from the top. Now, I like to work with leaders and I am very harsh on leaders because I believe that without us, the organization fails, right? You cut the head off and the body will fall. And that place, holy crap, everybody, everybody that I seen was so angry. Everybody that I seen looked miserable. Everybody was walking around with a scowl. Everybody was mean mugging each other. Mean mugging me as I walked by like, I was like, hey man, I ain't do nothing to you, but you can get it, son. But the point is, everybody was just in such a negative mood. No laughter, no joking around, no anything. And I wanted to figure out like why so... I decided to talk to people and they had some very harsh things to say about their their leadership and their supervisors and all that stuff. Very, very harsh things to say about that. And I cannot blame them for walking around looking so mad because I already live in a very shitty con- shitty environment, in very shitty conditions. And now they're dealing with shitty people on top of them. And that was a place that I really noticed where it was a lot of self-harm being done. People will walk by trash and not pick it up. People will make messes and just kind of walk away. And there's like their common areas like the gym. The gym is supposed to be a place of peace. It's supposed to be a place where we can go out and build each other. But they just kept leaving it a mess. They just kept leaving it a mess. And I don't know if they thought somebody was going to pick up for them. Or I, I don't know what it was. But they kept leaving it a mess and it didn't help that I was inside of a dusty bunker full of cobwebs and everything, I I mean, with the amount of people that we have, that, that would have been like maybe two hours worth of work to make it look nice and be presentable. And it would probably help boost the morale, just people, right? The first thing what I did when I came here, I noticed that there's a pile of boxes that had like, it had like supplies like... Um, sustainable supplies it had like baby wipes it had it had like a couple of snacks and thing, things like that right but it was just like all piled up half broken half closed it, it, it was a mess so the first thing i did without even t- looking at the guy that was already working there that probably was part of the problem as well is i just took everything apart started taking these boxes apart and making it organized just because 
If it looks like trash, it's going to get treated like trash. So don't look like trash. So I, I, I took it upon myself to make sure that everything was dressed right dress. Everything looked nice. Everything looked clean. To be able to have a better working environment. And sure enough, after that happened, people actually started taking those snacks. Started taking those supplies that were there. And people started enjoying and hanging around the area just by such a simple change. And I tell you, this only took me about 45 minutes. In 45 minutes, I made an impact that changed the morale and the environment in just 45 minutes. And it didn't take me any effort. I wasn't tired. I wasn't, you know, like sweating or anything. Like this was an easy task. So if I could do that alone in 45 minutes, I know that a full organization, if they just gave a little bit of a fuck, gave a little bit of a fuck, they can change their whole environment and their whole culture as a whole. But it's just the choice not to. And the reason why I say it's the choice not to, because I did bring it up to them. And they just pretty much told me to stay in my lane. And I said, okay, okay. I'm just letting you know that this is fermenting an AO of problems, an area of problems. And I'm trying to help you help me help us. Because realistically, I do care. If I did not care, I wouldn't be doing the job that I'm doing. I would not be still going on. I genuinely care for for all these, even though I don't know them or not. Which worries me when the people that are literally responsible for them do not. I don't want to leave this little section without putting a little bit of a lesson to it. I remember when, when I was starting my, eh, let's just call it admin career. I was not good. Like I, I barely knew how to do the control alt delete. Like I had never touched a computer in my life. Like I grew up poor in the nineties where computers and cell phones weren't a thing. So by the time I really touched that computer, that was really like, I think that was 2015. I was 2015 when I really st- started actually touching a computer. And I remember a a friend of mine, he came into the office and, and it was like probably like three months into into me starting this job, right? And he was telling me, he's like, hey man, like you're really doing a good job, but I can tell this is not easy for you. And I was like, Yeah, it's it's I'm I'm trying to figure it out. He's like, Yeah, you know, but sometimes all you need is just that give a fuck fact. The thing is you're doing more than the guy that's been here that knows how to do all this stuff just because you give a fuck and he does not. That's what he told me. That was a long time ago. Like, well, again, 2015-ish. I think it was 2015, 2016. But I remember that taking that from him and I was just like, damn, like, it's true. Like, if you just give a fuck, if you just care a little bit, like, that can make a world of difference. Like, if you actually just genuinely care. And that's one thing that sometimes it bites me in the behind that I get very passionate about things that I believe are right are right or things I believe are wrong or whatever. I get very passionate about those things, but I generally care. And I generally care about it being 2023 and people living in the same conditions that I lived in through while I've been overseas back in 2009, back 2010, back 2011. And all those times, like, I do not understand why they're living in the same conditions. And I almost wonder if you go back a decade later to 2001, 2002, if some of those experiences were similar, which I would hope not. And I know there's some heroes out there that will say not. 
Um, cause I, I, you know, everybody has their pride and like, oh yeah, the next people after us are, are, are soft and they have it way better, which is good. That's the thing that people got to forget that, that like, if you're not improving, then what are you doing? Right. So if you're not improving and you're not making everything better then what are you really doing? So if you want people to live like shit, because you live like shit, you're a piece of shit. I'm just saying. Anyways, I'm going to digress off my rant on to the next place that I visited. So now this place is interesting and it kind of solidified everything that I have been talking about. So this place had just been attacked not so long. And it was a successful attack. And you could look up this attack on the news. I'm not going to get into the details of it for obviously security reasons and all that stuff. But you can see it. You can see the concept of what happened in the news in some, some place in Syria. A lot of people got hurt. So this is where I, where I was at I, as a matter of fact, right? And it... it that was a hard hit because one of their actual leaders, a good leader, he, he was hit on this attack and he was not in the best of shape. I actually met him before headed to heading to that place. And it kind of reminded me a little bit about when I was going through a lot of the PTSD moments. And then when I was going through a lot of the events that happened in my past life that me personally, I would say this individual should probably take a knee go back home and try to recover and try to recover for his family. But I'm not, I'm not in the position to make those decisions. So, so let it be. But this place, they, they get it. They, they get it and they're getting it a lot. But on top of that, this is the only place where the soldiers do not have contractors. They don't have anything. So they're living like I lived in my I think all of my previous deployments, maybe except for one, like they clean up after themselves. They throw out their own trash. They have their regular details. They ain't burning shit. Thanks God. Thank thank God. You know, I, I used to do that too. It was horrible. It was horrible. Pray for me. But they, they still had to do a lot of maintenance around because they were their own support. They are their own support. But something that did caught my interest and caught my attention was that some, some, if not the majority of these people were probably in the best of spirits that I've seen compared to the other places. The other places that had more support and on top of, only, on top of them having more support, they actually got paid more. They get paid more because of where they're at. And even though they're in the same country, in this specific place, they do not get paid more. Now, um... So they have the least support, they get paid less, yet they have the best of attitudes. Why? Which goes back to my thing that I talked about, the controversial conversation that the the, the new Star Major of the Army had, which is the standards and discipline. Because I actually talked to their, their command team and asked them like, hey, first of all, I want to say that this is probably one of the best climates that I have seen yet. My question is, what are you doing how are you doing it? Because this has the worst experiences, yet the best atmosphere. And don't get me wrong, what he told me was very interesting. I thought it was very interesting. And what he said is basically what was going on before he showed up. He was actually, they, they were like loose cannons. Everybody was doing whatever they want, whenever they wanted. So what he actually did is he ended up bringing a lot of rules into the area and a lot of people did not like it at first. So he felt that that was needed. He felt that that was needed in order to be able to foster a better climate. 
So he added so many rules. But the thing about the is, is not only did he add them, he enforced them, but he also obliged by them. I don't know if I'm using the right word. But the point is, he, he actually followed all the own rules, which was a common issue that I realized in all the other places that I talked about, is that they had rules, but one, they did not know why they were happening, which goes back to my other episode about purpose, direction, and motivation. If people don't know why they're doing what they're doing, they're not going to want to do it, and it's going to cost me, but... He was able to to do that and follow his own rules. And the only thing, not only that, like he would really empower his leaders to make sure that they're doing the right thing. And if they were not doing the right thing, he will make sure that they were held accountable publicly. And a lot of people think that is shameful nowadays. A lot of people feel that that is shameful and that's not the case. That is not the case. Sometimes that's what you need. People need to see what will happen if you don't do the right thing. And also, people need to see what will happen when you do do the right thing. So that's something that he explained to me how he feels that he was able to change the climate around. And sure enough, like I said, this place is the worst one. Like, they have the some of the harshest living conditions on top of that. They're getting constantly hit. And, like, I was there, as a matter of fact, finally, after I don't know how many years... Um, ISIS got me. Oh, no. My bad. Al-Qaeda. Oh, wait. The Taliban? Man, we've been here so long, we don't even know who the fuck is fighting us no more. But the point is, they... I I did end up getting hit while I was there. I'm fine. Obviously, I'm having a conversation with y'all. You know, it, it is what it is. But even then, with that positive climate, it, it was just... Not saying that it was worth it. Of course, it's not worth it. That shit sucked. But it, it just helps me to see and to have some sort of a purpose of why why we're still doing what we're doing. It's just because everybody's in shitty fucking situations and we have to make sure that everybody's okay. We have to make sure that everybody's okay after the situation as well. Because that's where people, people, that's what people do not see is that you, you if you're making life hard when it can be easy, how are you going to make life easy when it's hard? yourself that question and these people that I dealt with in the other places did not get that but yet the ones that were going through the hardest place in the hardest situations they did so I don't know maybe there's something to be learned about that one you know it, it is just very disappointing that's definitely disappointing the way that those things were coming out but I, I will say that um you know I'm, I'm grateful to still be able to be around and be, I was grateful to be around those people when everything happened, they did check on me. They were worried, and I appreciate them, you know. And, you know, things hurt, but I'm fine. You know, things things hurt, but I'm fine. And, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Now, I just want to share all those stories because it's just one is a couple of people did text me. Hey, what's going on? Did you just quit or whatever? I, I ain't quit. Like, I'm not a quitter. I don't really quit. Sometimes I do leave when I'm not on the right path, but does not mean that I quit, right? You know, and, and some of y'all can say, like, that's just a fancy way of saying the same thing. No, it's not, right? So not, we're, we're not all doctors. We're not all doctors. And even though I want to be and I want to help people, my brain might just not be it for it, right? So sometimes you got to change paths. There's a difference between quitting and understanding, right? Aces and places. That's one thing that people sometimes got to remember. You got to put the aces in their places, you know? I might be 
fast and I might be accurate, but I ain't no basketball player, right? I'm I'm short, right? We we have to know uh where we fit in, right? Circle with the circle, square with the square, yada yada. But I did want to share the some of the stuff that's been going on and why I had been away from the podcast for a little bit, and I do want to appreciate everybody that did reach out to see what's going on and. Want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Say hey, I, I do appreciate y'all. You know that, that means somebody's listening, and that's my whole purpose, my whole goal for making this happen is just because somebody out there can get something of it. So I do appreciate it. With that, I'm going to wrap this up again. Thank you for listening to the Solutions Podcast on Instagram is the that Solutions that Podcast on Facebook. I believe it's there. On YouTube, you can find me now. Thankfully, we set up the YouTube page. So we got YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. What else we got? There's a Twitter. or Now it's called X. X, and again, The Solutions Podcast. You should be able to find it. I, be- I believe that's the name of it. I have to look it up. Okay, on X is at The Solutions 304. Why? I, I'm going to assume that it was already taken up or something. I can't remember why that one happened, but that's what it is. So Twitter, you can follow it. I do sometimes post different words of wisdom out there on on there and on threads, which is the same as the Instagram page. So follow me on all the platforms that you can and continue to support. And eventually we're going to continue to bring more and more and more. Maybe do some raffles and do some stuff to be able to keep y'all engaged. Again, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. And I am out.